All right, good morning. We're coming to you live, almost live, from uh, the Commons here at CSBC. And I'm here with Pastors Carrie and Alan and Chip. And uh, we got Pastor John and Zach helping us in the background here. So thank you, fellas. Um, today we are the church scattered. Uh, usually on Sundays we're the church gathered and we come together. Um, but we're scattered today. And that that's important to remember because God made us to be together and um, he made us to press into a shared life together. So we regret that we can't meet together this Sunday, um, but we can make an effort to do that through, thankfully, modern technology. So um, as we're sorting through the coronavirus and all of the unknowns that are surrounding uh, us right now, we just want to give you a word of encouragement and hope in the gospel. This is a tense moment. We've been talking about it. Um, it's a very serious moment in our culture, and so many voices have really been vying for our attention these days. Um, so we want to speak clear gospel hope to you this morning. We want to encourage you, and so we've gathered for that purpose. Here's how what we're going to do will work. Uh, in just a minute, we're going to pray together for our time, and we would invite you to do that with us. Um, we're going to share a more conversational message of hope kind of a fireside chat uh, for our millennials who aren't sure what that is. Um, we're, we'll come back to that another time. Um, we, uh, we're gonna share in conversation a message of hope from the gospel, and then we'll wrap up with a few housekeeping items. Um, so here's the question uh, that we'll start with. As Christians, how should we respond to this crisis that is very real? Um, how can we, in this cultural moment, deepen our faith and stabilize what is happening around us, which just seems chaotic at times. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning about Kipling's famous line, if you can keep your head about you when everyone else is losing theirs, you know, so we want to help you do that today. We want to help breathe some gospel hope into this, this cultural chaos that we're experiencing right now. Um, and I think one way to ask, one way to begin this is, is, is to ask this important question. Lord, what is it that you're wanting to teach me right now in this cultural moment? Uh, what are you trying to teach me in the midst of the chaos of the coronavirus? Not what are you trying to teach my neighbor, not what should I be teaching other people, but Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Um, how does the gospel intersect with the fear that I'm feeling? You know, standing in a long line at Kroger and there's no more toilet paper. How do I process this? Uh, you just got all sorts of things flying through your head. Um, my desire to control the world around me right now. How do I respond to that? Uh, am I still called to serve those in need when my own life might be put, you know, at a little risk? Uh, even if I'm not in a high-risk group. So these are questions we're asking. So the guys have gathered. The, uh, our pastoral team is represented here. Um, and we want to walk through six lessons of hope, um, six things to learn from the, I think, yeah, from the scare, from this coronavirus scare. It's been very scary for many people. What are some things we can learn uh, from the coronavirus scare? Six things. Our fragile humanity our loss of control, vanity, the vanity of life. We want to discover, number four, a greater fear. 
Uh, we want to think about compassion. And then number six, we want to be contagious with hope and the peace of Christ. So we want to walk through those six. We'll try to keep it to just a few minutes on each one. We'd like you to stay tuned in and uh, finish this out with us. We're going to pray together in a few minutes, so please stick around for that. Uh, Carrie, will you tell us a little bit about the first sure. one? Sure. You know, one of the things we have been talking about lately is the creed. And the creed unites us across time, mm -hmm. across centuries. Um, one of the things that this virus, coronavirus, has united us in is it really brings to the forefront our frailty hmm. and our vulnerability hmm. and our susceptibility just as, as people. Hmm. Um, how connected we are in that weakness. Um, the entire human race, whether you're in China, whether you're in the Middle East, whether you're in the North, whether you're in Latin America, there's this vulnerability that, that we feel and know uh, from this virus. Hmm. It's not a third world problem. It's not a South Louisiana problem. Hmm. Um, it's, not a, it's not a problem unique to any one culture. You know, Psalm 103, 103 reminds us of this. I want you to listen to just a couple verses here from Psalm 103, verse 15 and 16. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. And his place remembers it no more. <laughs> And that's stunning to think that your life would be so short-lived. And in another passage in Psalm 90, we're told to teach us to number our days, that we can gain a heart of wisdom. One of the questions that I think is helpful to us is to reflect on how does counting our days make us live wisely? How does remembering that life is short and precious, how does it make us handle life with more wisdom. So that's a question I'd like to just put on the table if y'all have a, any thoughts on that um, regarding this frailty this of life and humanity that it unites all people. Good. Who wants to take a shot at that? Yeah, I think this is, you know, an interesting season in the life of our church, our culture, because our frailty is... Um, yeah, it's on display, and yet we all have a lifespan, and we will all pass. And so I think it's asking us, our frailty is, is coming to the forefront when we usually mask that or think of other things. So in this time, we are thinking about our mortality, um, and then we're also, because of that, asking, is there any hope? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, this frailty, in some places in Scripture, it's just called our a weakness. Mm. One of the things that we can uh, grasp from the gospel is this weakness is not all bad. Mm. There's actually some good, good that can come from us experiencing that okay. weakness. Um, what, what might be some good that we're taught the gospel can help us understand and live by um, in light of this weakness that we have. Mm -hmm. Carrie, one of the things I've, I've heard you say is that there is a God and I'm not him. <laughs> and I think, yeah, as we think about our own weakness, it's a good reminder that I'm not God, but there is a God and we can find hope in that, that he is sovereign and he's in control. Yeah, yeah. that's a true statement. That's very helpful. Good. Um, 
One of the things I'm sure God wants us to see in this frailty and in our human condition is the color of our skin, the language you speak, um, our economic status, our educational background. Hmm. Those things really count for very little in life. Hmm. Um, this is an opportunity in the face of a contagious disease called the coronavirus to really reflect that some things are more contagious than that. Mm -hmm. And the gospel can be more contagious than that. Yeah. Good. Um, so I would encourage you as you think through this um, to realize that we have a frailty, but that frailty can help us to live under this, this umbrella and canopy of blessing when we really understand it in light of the gospel. Good, good. Yeah, great. So we have this fragile sense of humanity and yet there's good news in that let me give you the second um i'll walk through the second lesson we want to learn from the coronavirus scare it's just really gotten our attention here um we have lost control right like our loss of control has not been any more obvious these mm -hmm. days and um we just we love to be in control and yet we don't really have control um i'm just thinking about seeing a recent video clip about what's been happening in Memphis and, you know, a father spraying down his child with disinfectant. You know, we're going to every possible step that we can to wipe down all the surfaces, spray down our children. Um, it's really this climbing to, you know, this grasping to try to be in control. And you, we just can't, can't be in control. We had some fun with this last night at, at our house. Vicky was demonstrating how to, she had a long sweater on, so she was just demonstrating how to, how you can open or close the door by not touching the doorknob with her long sweater, <laughs> you know. So we, we kind of had some fun with this, um, but it really is a testimony to our lack of control. And so um, I just, it's just a great reminder, especially as Americans, because Americans love to, we have so much technology at our, disposal. We love to be in control. Um, we, we're just, you know, we're good at it. And so, and yet the two things that seem to be most important to people who are over 40, personal health and money, both of those things are being threatened right now, mm -hmm. seriously threatened. Um, this isn't just a market correction. There's a serious global economic downturn that's gotten our attention. Um, a life-threatening virus for many, those who are at high risk, that's gotten our attention. So loss of control can either take you to a place of fretfulness and anxiety, which is happening to many people right now, or loss of control could really be a gospel moment. So, so if you've got your Bible handy there, uh, turn to Psalm 29. I just want to show you a couple of verses from Psalm 29 and verse 10. Listen to this, right? So think about this gospel moment. I'm feeling the anxiety of wanting to cling to control. Uh, Psalm 29 verses 10 and 11 says this, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits as king forever. He sat enthroned at the flood. He sits as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with, with peace. I, I feel like at that moment when I'm 
really out of control, I need to hear the gospel again and fully surrender to Christ. Uh, Lord, you're enthroned. You've always been enthroned. I'm not enthroned. And this really can be a gospel moment for each of us. So I'd love to hear you guys reflect a little bit on, you know, when you even personally and practically feel yourself kind of clinging or trying to grasp control and then this great reminder that I can either I can either fight for that or I can mm-hmm. surrender to the enthronement of God and he's he's in charge. Uh, any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Psalm 29. I'd just like to clarify for some of us who are under 40 we feel the same way. Yeah. You still <laughs> under 40? I am under 40. All right, that's good. Health good health and and financial yeah. security It's we, fleeting, bro. It's, it is fleeting. Mm. I think the self-dependence is really being challenged with this because the economic change is pretty significant mm. and the, uh, the health change can be very mm. significant. I mean, just the self-quarantine that you're supposed to put yourself under if, you, if you've been in contact with people that are moderate mm. risk. I mean, just doing that for 14 days, you know, is unsettling. Um, but mm. I think the self um, dependence and uh, self-sufficiency is really being challenged by this virus and the gospel speaks to that yeah good it speaks clearly good good so our frailty our loss of control third we want to think a little bit about the vanity of of so much of our lives mm-hmm. yeah it's good I, th- I think for all of us we get to a place when something like this is happening and we just think there's a there's a futility to life that we've been you know we've been saving regularly in our 401k and then all of a sudden it crashes and you know we take good care of ourselves and then here's this virus that comes that we have no power mm-hmm. over and and it almost just feels like you know we're on a treadmill and you know just as we think we're catching up we 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 kind of get pushed back again and we're there's a, there's just a futility uh, to life. I want to read from Ecclesiastes and uh, from chapter 1, uh, verse 2 and 3 says this, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? This idea of vanities, it's like there's a, there's a hot coffee mug sitting here on a cold morning and you see the steam coming out of it. And you just try to grab it and you can't. Like it's just elusive. It's mm-hmm. you can't get control of it. And life feels like this sometimes mm-hmm. that we want to control it and and yet we can't. Um, I think one of the things that's really important on this is that when we feel that way, we wanna try to better align our perspective with, with God's perspective. And you know, the the preacher says here that we're toiling under the sun. And Carrie, I've heard you talk about this, that there's this under the sun perspective that, mm. that we have where, from where we're sitting. And how, how, do, how does that impact us when we're thinking about something like this? Yeah, the, uh, the Ecclesiastes can be confusing on that because it almost looks like it is, disagrees with mm-hmm. itself in the, in the text. Mm-hmm. But it's really two very different texts. One perspective is what is under the sun, and that's a man-made, man-dependent, uh, man-solving all the problems and understanding. 
The other is an above the sun where you actually have a God perspective, uh, that God is sovereign, God is in control despite what things look like. And when you understand that, then Ecclesiastes and some of these confusing things in life seem to make a lot more sense. Um, you know, there can be a lot of different teachers in this world. Mm. Um, some teachers are patient, some are encouraging, and some are kind. Some teachers are harsh and abrupt and unsettling. Mm. The coronavirus can be harsh, mm. abrupt, and unsettling. Mm. Um, but there's still some important lessons we can learn even when we're facing an instructor like the coronavirus uh, through the gospel, mm -hmm. that, that our lives can make sense, that God is sovereign, God is good, and God is faithful. So I would tend to say, let's interpret this through the lessons of a good teacher and a good professor and a faithful God. Mm -hmm. That's good. Good. That's good. One of the things... That I think we also see in Ecclesiastes, and I agree, it can be a confusing book to think about, uh, is that sometimes it just feels like there's just this repetitive nature of life, and we're on this treadmill, mm. and we're never, just as we think we're kind of getting caught back up, we get pushed back again, and um, I think there's there's encouragement in that, and I want to remind, remind us all this morning um, of what it says in Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. When, when the, we feel this repetitive nature of life and we feel like, you know, we're just getting pushed back by the coronavirus, there's this feeling of futility. Let's remember God's faithfulness and God's mercy it's new every morning, and we can rejoice in that. Amen. It's yeah. good. Really good. Really mm -hmm. good. So the fourth lesson we want to learn is about fear. And the thing that's crazy about fear is that it, uh, it grabs you before you knew what was happening. So we want to talk a little bit about a greater fear and how the gospel leads us into a, a greater fear. So. Yes. Sometimes when we think of fear, and as Christians, we will... We will say things that are true that we should not fear or that our faith is greater than our fear. And those, those things are true. And yet at a time like this, we have emotion that is often um, we're uneasy with our fear because of the condition that we're in. Maybe some of us as uh, a church right now, some um, of you are in that high risk area. And so there's a natural fear about the virus. Maybe um, some of us have parents who are in a, a healthcare facility or they are aging and there is a, a fear about that. Or we're, we're thinking about our children and their future and what this is going to do to us. So fear is real um, and we don't want to minimize that. Mm. And yet we want to fear something greater than the coronavirus. And I think as we believe the gospel as we turn our hearts to, to Christ, we, we see something more mysterious than the coronavirus. We see the God of the universe. We see something that is working behind the scenes that's different from just a virus on this table or on my keyboard at, at work. But we see the God of the universe who is living and active and at work even in the midst of our, our fear. So we want to stop and, and 
not just say to one another, one another, don't fear this, let's get over this, but we want to say, fear the right thing. Mm. Let's turn our hearts to, to God. And in Psalm 34, we see, um, we see David who is responding to God. He says in Psalm 34, turn there with me in verse 4 through, through 9. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and he saved me out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. We certainly want to be wise. Let our fear of the circumstances drive us to the one who has defeated our, our greatest enemy. Satan and sin and death itself. What we fear about this virus is that it could kill us. But we don't want to just fear that which can kill our body, but we want to fear the one who can and does give us life to our, our body and our soul. So how, how does fearing God in, this, in these days, how does it redirect maybe our emotion and maybe the panic that we are, yeah. are feeling? Yeah. I'll take a stab at that. I, I feel like in moments when I realize what's happening to me that that fear is at work right now, hmm. if I can just stop long enough to ask God to displace that fear by me, me really just, again, surrendering to him, kind of recentering who I am, what's happening around me, that it's under the sovereign control of God. Um, I, I feel like confessing my faith again, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth right now in this moment, pushes that smaller thing out of my heart and soul because God is huge. God's promises are big. They're lasting. They're powerful. Uh, you can even, Psalm 34, you just, just reminded us, you can even radiate hope. Hmm. It says, you know, they're radiant. That is, they radiate, they, they kind of radiate the promise and hope of the gospel in that moment. But if I don't slow down long enough to let my confession of faith in the God who runs the world and is in charge, push out that fear, I'll just stay there. Yeah. You know, that's something that's been helpful to me. Um, I think for me, Lauren and I were, were talking this, this morning, when I'm scrolling through the news or looking at social media, man, there's a lot of fear that can come mm. with the unknown. When my life, and in these days, I'll, I'll be honest, these last few days, I have been saturating my, my heart and soul with all of these news feeds. And, and we want to be informed for sure. But I think if we could saturate our heart and soul with Good. Psalm 34 and 1 Corinthians 15 and, and John 14, if we can saturate our lives in these days with the hope of the gospel and turn to him and let his word and, and the people of God and, and the prayers for one another, if those things can, can feed and Good. saturate our souls and not the fear and the panic around us, I think we will be able to turn to the Lord and, and he will use that. 
Good. So that's a really good transition because we don't want to just stay here in our little space where we're struggling and fretful. We want to go do something that will please the Lord and enact our faith. Good. And so our uh, fifth, the fifth lesson, I think, would be exercise compassion. Let's, <clears throat> let's be a people of compassion right now. So tell us about uh, compassion. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a really good reminder that out of knowing who God is and that God is sovereign in control, and we should fear him only. That's what fuels our ability to feel compassion towards others and to, to be able to think outside of ourselves and, and see others good. as God sees them. One of the really good passages to help us think about this comes from Matthew chapter 25. And just going to read a few verses from verse uh, 35 to 40. Uh, Jesus says this, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick in prison and visit you? Hmm. The king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. In the midst of a, of a crisis like this that we're feeling, there are those um, that are going to be isolated. Hmm. There are those that are going to be fearful. And in the days ahead, there could even be those in our community uh, that are sick, that are uh, directly physically impacted um, by this by this virus so we want to think how do we have compassion for those that are isolated Mm -hmm. how do we have compassion for those that might be fearful right now Uh, let me just ask that to start good i don't think any of us would advocate doing something that's really going to be unsafe or is going to cause a spreading of the coronavirus but but certainly, I think we're called to be creative in showing compassion, mm-hmm. um, to be gracious and merciful uh, to the hurting and the isolated. Because isolation, mm-hmm. isolation hurts. It's painful, Good. and and there's an aloneness that people are really uncomfortable with. So I think we need to think outside the box, be safe, but still reach out to those who are isolated and alone. And hurting. Isolation, it's a breeding ground for fear, right? Yeah. I mean, we, when we're alone, mm-hmm. we, we can let our worry and anxiety just take over us. And so you know, how, how can we be the body of Christ to one another mm-hmm. and to our community? That's what you're asking, right? Yeah. 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 Some of you may be aware uh, our son and daughter-in-law are, are in China. They're in week eight of quarantine. We, we talk to them regularly. Uh, you know, we're dealing with the fear. Uh, mm. Our son has asthma. You know, what, what would happen if mm. he was to get the virus? Is he in that high-risk category? Mm. But for us, just being able to regularly pray for them and be in contact with them, communicate with them, talk to them. We video chat regularly. Uh, I think it's been a way for us, even from the other side of the globe, to have compassion for them. And so we need to be creative about how we, how we sh- show compassion 
uh, for others around us. Yeah, so another thought I had is, you know, we're not there right now, but we could be in the very near future where this is really taxing our medical system and, and the, thus taxing our caregivers. And you know, Carrie, as a, as a medical professional, how can we step towards and show compassion for those who are on the front lines of this and, and dealing with their own fears, but also just the physical fatigue, all that? Mm. Yeah, if you've read some of the reports out of Italy, it's pretty impressive what some of the physicians there in the medical community have walked through. Um, again, I think you need to be creative and certainly not increase the likelihood of spreading the virus, but certainly praying for them is helpful. Yeah. Uh, cards of encouragement can be helpful. Um, you know, we can call medical staff at hospitals and ask, how can we support your doctors? How can we help them? What, yeah. what, what can we do to, to support them? Um, you know, uh, we can see if there's things they need to, we need to help them with around their house. Mm. Some of them may literally work 18 hour days for, mm. for a week or two. They may need some things around their home done. So there, there's ways like that. If you know physicians, pray for them specifically, but pray that they would, they would show perseverance, they would show endurance, and really they would show grace and mercy towards those, those patients they're dealing with. That's good. Yeah. good. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So stepping outside of ourselves to be <clears throat> compassionate uh, is the fifth thing we wanna really take away from what's happening right now. The sixth and last is that um, the virus is not the only thing that can that is contagious, right? There is um, there's this beautiful contagious hope and peace that comes in Christ, and um, we want that to spread more than anything else. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about how that could happen. Well, one of the things about this coronavirus that is so significant is it's really contagious much more contagious than the flu that we usually run into. Um, but when we put that in light of the gospel, we see something that's very significant, and that is the peace of Christ, the gentleness of Christ, even in difficulty and challenge, uh, really can be very contagious, much more so than a coronavirus. Um, in John chapter 14, Christ says, Peace I leave you with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, we want to reach out to people and promote peace. Peace that God is sovereign, peace that God is good, peace that God is faithful. Um, we want to really do that. But one of the questions that I have is how do we teach about a hope when people sometimes don't feel very hopeful. Mm -hmm. There almost seems a hopeless. Did Christ speak at all that, that there was a hope that overcame the troubles and tra challenges of this life? Good. So that's a question I have for y'all. Okay. How can we speak hope into this moment? Yes. All right. What do you think? Yeah, I think we can and we should speak words of hope and peace. I think just as negativity spreads, as fear spreads, as uh, sinful words can spread, so can words of encouragement and peace. And we should text one another. We should um, call our, our shut-in um, 
believers in our church, we should reach out to people with words of encouragement. We shouldn't just say on the phone, hey, did you see what the president said? But maybe we can read scripture together. Good. We could we can open up the Psalms and remind ourselves not just of the circumstances around us, but the hope and the peace that we have in the gospel. So I would encourage us, let's let's use our directories and call people. Yeah. Let's text message one another and let's encourage one another with the scriptures to help us promote hope and peace and love. Yeah, that's good. Several of us were memorizing Psalm 103 together uh, prior to this. And man, the timing is amazing. You know, bless the Lord, the one who heals all your diseases. Hmm. Uh, the one who just, yeah, forget not all of his benefits. So if you're not in the middle of memorizing a passage of scripture right now with uh, your Bible study class or community group, or even a discipleship pairing, we would encourage you to do that. Go to Psalm 103, the first five verses, and say, hey, let's encourage each other with that this week. Uh, go to Psalm 34 and encourage one another. Be in touch. Uh, yeah, I think we need to control the gospel narrative in our lives right now and hear that playing. Um, hear that playing when you go to bed tonight. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. Tell yourself the right things before you close your eyes tonight. Uh, that's something I would say. So I guess the question I, I would have is, do you believe what First Peter, uh, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1 says? Christ says, I have given you all that you need for life and godliness, except if a coronavirus hits, right? <laughs> he doesn't say that, does he? That's just in some text. It's just in some text. He says, I've given you all that you need sure. yeah. for life That's and good. godliness. Do you believe that? Mm. Yeah. Do you believe it? And if you do, live it out. Yeah. We need to remind each other of that because we're forgetful people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Philippians 4, uh, how's Philippians 4, 6, and 7 go? Um, help me out here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all, all understanding good. will guard your hearts yeah. and your minds in Christ Jesus. Good. So stop trying to guard your own heart and mind with all these wrong things hmm. and let the peace of God set up a garrison around your heart and let the gospel be real to you in this moment. Um, one of the ways we can do that is praying for each other good. and with each other. Good. So when we call, we can say, hey, let's pray together and encourage one another that way. Yeah. And we're going to do that now. So I would like to encourage you, if, like, if you've been kind of getting breakfast ready and listening to this on your iPad, that's legal, that's fine. But we want to encourage you to put, uh, put some other things down for a minute and join us. We're going to have a little... Uh, a prayer segment here uh, as, uh, as your pastors for us and for us as a congregation. So I want to invite you just to pause and pray with us. Maybe you could gather as a family uh, or your spouse and uh, let's, let's be together in prayer for the next few minutes. Romans 8 reminds us that we often don't know what to pray, mm -hmm. but we can count on God who, whose spirit is interceding for us and off, you know, so often putting into words what we can't put into words. Uh, he cares more about our prayer life than we do. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So let's pray together. And um, you saw in our church-wide email four things that we would invite you to pray with us. 
if you have that handy, you could look at that, or you can just follow our lead. Uh, we're going to pray sentence prayers, and so join us in that. Uh, and then in just a moment, we'll close. So, so let's pray together, fellas. Uh, yeah, let's pray. Lord, we, we do come to you now, and we, through our prayers, we acknowledge that we trust you and that we need you. We need you every day, but particularly in these days, we, we turn to you, um, the maker of heaven and earth, and we ask you, Lord, in your mercy, to stem the tide of this growing pandemic. Lord, in our community, in our mm -hmm. state, Lord, but in the United States and around the world, Lord, we ask that you would intervene. Yes. Yeah, Lord, we pray that you would, you would stop the transmission of the virus uh, in Roanoke, in surrounding counties, in the state of Virginia, not just in our state, uh, but everywhere where it wants to spread. We pray that you would be the great mitigator. You'd be the great container. You'd be the one who creates distance between the virus and people. And you've, you've told us that you are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Father, we trust you for that. Mm. We trust that we'll be able to fight the infection if we get it. We trust that we'll be mm. able to come up with solutions to the infection. And we trust that because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we'll be able to come up with diagnostic tests to test the infection earlier mm. and detect it. Mm. Father, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that's evidence of your faithfulness and goodness, and it's a blessing uh, to help us deal with this crisis. Lord, we also want to pray for those that are fighting this on the front lines um, in our state, in our country, around the world. We pray for strength for caregivers. Lord, we pray for wisdom for those who are looking for a, uh, a vaccine for this. We pray that that would come quickly. Uh, Lord, work uh, through our medical professionals uh, in their lives to bring us healing and to bring us comfort. Yeah, good. Hmm. Well, we pray that we as believers would radiate peace, hmm. stability, sound mind, hope. Hmm. Yes. That we would serve with authenticity, that we would move toward the challenge and the tragedy, not run away from it. Lord, I do thank you for our civic leaders. I thank you for our government that is seeking to bring solutions to these things. Lord, I pray that as believers, Lord, I pray that our church, that we would subject ourselves to their recommendations and their regulations. Lord, help us to, to not fight mm -hmm. against those things. But Lord, mm -hmm. as Christians, help us to willingly obey as we try to subject ourselves to you where we want to set an example for our community, mm -hmm. what it means yeah. to, to follow you by following the good leaders that you have put in us and over us. Mm -hmm. and, and I pray that yeah, we would do that not out of compulsion, Lord, but we would, we would see your hand at work in this. Father, I pray that we would be creative, mm -hmm. that we'd be creative in reaching out to those who are alone or isolated or fearful um, and that we would realize that that creativity comes from being an image bearer of the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Help us to reflect you as okay. we are creative.
and reaching out to others. Lord, we confess that, we, um, that there's so many unknowns. We confess the anxiety of that. Um, yeah, questions we have like, will we meet for church again next Sunday? Um, questions we have about our finances, questions we have about our school schedules, mm -hmm. questions we have about what we'll do, how will this online learning go over the next few, just, just so many unknowns and that's creating anxiety for us. So we wanna roll that anxiety onto the strong shoulders of Jesus and take his yoke up. Mm -hmm. It is easy and light, help us with that. Help us to do that. Father, we recognize that this is not a, a community problem or a state problem or a national problem. It's a worldwide mm -hmm. issue. Uh, Lord, thank you that you have sent your ambassadors all over the world mm -hmm. to share the good news. Lord, I pray for our missionaries all over the world that are mm -hmm. uh, some of them living in more dangerous places than we are, but all of which are carrying a message of hope uh, through the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen and encourage our missionaries as they share that message of hope, help them to be light mm -hmm. uh, in a dark world, uh, to have a message that brings encouragement and ultimately brings uh, salvation through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We pray for our missionaries. Lord, thank you that we are called, each one of us, to be ambassadors of your good news. And we pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I have enjoyed this with you guys. So uh, thank you. And thanks to our crew behind the scenes. Uh, I want to remind you that as believers, we're called to step toward this and not to step away from it. And uh, let's be faithful in this moment. So uh, yeah, stay strong, stay tuned, and we'll see you soon.